What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. and gals and welcome back to the we love horror podcast the podcast where we talk about anything and everything horror i am michael and today i am joined by a very dear friend uh though we've been friends for a while um dylan from the nerd switch podcast how are you dylan i am great michael thank you for having me today uh we kind of lost contact for a while but glad things are back in motion definitely missed you buddy (laughs) i missed you too i know like um because you and i we worked together at one point we met at um we met at smith's right you and i worked at smith's when we were yeah so this was uh i think like the summer of like 2013 so this has been a decade now uh, that we've known each other but you and i we met at smith's and then we just started hanging out and um we were just talking like off camera before we started recording that i think the last time we ever hung out was we went to um uh, sand hollow we went to sand hollow and then we went to go see the purge anarchy when that came out so that was actually 2014 i think yeah so think. yeah okay so that was 2014 that was the last time that i because that was when i moved that was the year that i moved to kansas so we lost contact for a little bit once i moved to kansas and then we reconnected a couple of years ago and we've just, just been chatting back and forth every so often and you told me you had a podcast and I had a podcast. So we're like, uh, yeah, we need to do this. We need to have a crossover. So here For we sure. are. <laughs> Our yeah, paths no, have finally crossed again after <laughs> almost 10 years. So it's right. wild. I'm, I'm super excited. I've listened to your podcast on and off. I'm not like current on every episode, but from when I've dipped in from time to time, I have definitely enjoyed it. And Thank you. Funnily enough, it was your podcast and one of my other friends, him and his sister started one. And that's what kind of pushed me to finally jump on uh, setting one in motion because it's something I've kind of wanted to do, but never made myself do it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. I, I, I've been wanting, I wanted to do it for a while too. And I, I don't know, I just didn't have the confidence at first. And then once you get into it, you're like, okay, I got this. Like it oh, takes yeah. some getting, it takes some getting used to like the first up, the first few episodes, I was like, I hate my voice. I don't want to listen to myself. Ugh. Yeah, I I was one of those people that overly edited. Like anytime I heard myself do something slightly abnormal, I'm like, no, get it out, get it gone. <laughs> now I'm at yeah. the point where I don't I don't care as much. But <laughs> exactly, you're just like, oh fuck it. <laughs> the, the listeners are used to me at this point. It's fine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so. Uh, to get up to date with what you've been up to, like, what have you been watching, listening to, reading any anything good lately? Lately, quite a bit. So I was doing some catch up for 2022, trying to visit some films I hadn't seen yet. Unfortunately, I uh, still have not seen Pearl, but I'm working on the rest of those movies. But you did see um, X, though? 
I did, yeah. Did you like it? I do. I, I have a feeling I'll like it more once I actually see Pearl. That seems to be the general consensus with it. So yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. There's just so much came out last year. And I'm genre-wise all over. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, 2022 um, was a wild year for horror, so. Yeah, and it's just crazy. movies in general. It was a very, very good year. I think it was, like, uh, because it was, like, the first year that, like, the pandemic was finally, like, yeah, kind of over. So everyone was like, oh, now we got to pump out all these movies that we've been holding on, holding back mm-hmm. for the last two years. Yeah, it was wild year, but. Very, very solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, this year. Um, obviously I was watching a lot of stuff for this episode because surprisingly like half the movies on my list I hadn't seen until like the last two weeks so I was doing some catch up there that's where I kind of wanted to do a top five initially but as I started uh visiting them I'm like you know we should we should probably do 10 (laughs) um and then just some movies for this year uh we just went and saw Sisu last night that was pretty Mm. fun I don't know if you've heard of that one seems to be a little yeah, it's kind of under the radar because like our theater had maybe seven people in it, but it's getting some pretty good uh, reception. That's good. Word of mouth Critical. travels a long way too. So yeah, I, I have a feeling it's not going to make a lot of money, but you know, mm. is the world we live in. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, did you did you see Evil Dead Rise yet? I did, and you yeah, liked it, I, right? I did. We actually we were planning to review it on my podcast today, but my my co-host fell ill, so we're putting a little hold on that. But uh, yeah, that's too bad. I hope your co-host gets feeling better soon. Yeah, he was... he's getting a double whammy. He got a strep throat and then a kidney stone decided to show up. So oh <laughs> yeah, as a person who's experienced kidney stones, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. It was like probably some of the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. Like. I went to the hospital and I'm pretty sure the doctors and the nurses thought I was a drug addict because I was, (laughs) I was begging them for painkillers. I was like, I need fucking painkillers. I'm dying. Like give me painkillers. And they finally did after they realized that I had kidney stones. But I think at first, when I first came in there, they were like, Oh, this guy's on fucking drugs. He wants drugs. And I'm like, no, I'm just in some serious pain. Like this, this is not fun. So damn that, that sucks. I'm sorry. I have not experienced it myself, but this is his, I think, second time running into him. Oh, so <laughs> I've only had him once, and once was enough for me. So I was yeah, like, never, so... I never want to experience that again. It was the worst. Yeah, but... I believe it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, did you see Scream he... Six as well? I did. Yeah. Uh, so far, where's my? I have all my notes pulled up for uh, this year, but. So far for 2023, I think I have like five or six movies and uh, Evil Dead Rise, Scream 6, Renfield. We went and saw that mm-hmm. one. Uh, Sisu, like I mentioned, as well as a, a few non-horror titles like John Wick, uh, the Mario movie, because we're a bunch of nerds on my side. But. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to see that, too. Um, and not only because Anya Taylor-Joy voices, voices Peach and she's a scream mm-hmm. queen in the horror genre. So I love yeah. her. That can't be the only reason I'd go see the Mario movie, but it's one of them. <laughs> Definitely a plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. And then uh, Bo is Afraid as well, which I'm still working through the thought process on. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, t- you, t- you were messaging me about that. And you're like, I don't know how to feel. You're like, yeah. I don't know how to feel about it. And I haven't gone and seen it yet. Um. I'm thinking I might go see, you know what? I might just say fuck it and just go see it in the theater by myself tonight. Cause I've got, after this episode is done, I've got nothing else to do for the next, like 
10 hours because normally because yeah. i work night shifts as you know dylan so i usually try on the weekends i usually try to stay up my normal schedule just so that when i go back to work during the week i'm not like all fucked up on the schedule sleep schedule so I'll probably sure. i might go see that tonight just by myself and see what i think you know and honestly that's probably the best way to do it because i feel like it's the kind of movie that you just need to let happen and don't put like too much into it i think that's my issue where i don't know if i like it or not as i had certain expectations on what it was going to be and it definitely wasn't (laughs) so i i think i'm like after seeing it immediately i'm like i was already due to watch it again yeah knowing now what it is so i have a feeling i'm going to come out a second viewing liking it a lot more but it's a very uh interesting movie for sure okay nice i've i've heard like polarizing reactions like i've heard people like really love it uh some people i've only heard a couple of people say they didn't care for it um and then Mm. there are a few people like you who were just kind of in the middle where they're like i think a second rewatch is definitely in order but yeah i'm I'm excited i i i've only seen like the one trailer for it i don't know if they've released anything else but that's the thing i love about ari aster like his films like nothing gets spoiled in the trailer which seems to be the trend these days they like to spoil fucking everything which is kind of why i was a little disappointed when i went and saw evil dead rise because like i really did like evil dead rise but i watched Mm -hmm. the red band trailer which basically shows almost if not all of the freaking gory scenes in that movie yeah that is definitely the biggest negative i had as well as there was nothing that really got to shock me um i still really enjoyed it i i think like for me on that, if I were to do like a short review, I think it is really, really solid. Although the final act, I wasn't like the biggest fan of. Um, yeah. Compare like when you compare it to the 2013 final act, it's yeah. And I mean, yeah. I know it's unfair to compare movies, but I mean, it's in the same universe. So we're going oh, yeah. to, it's inevitable. <laughs> but yeah, when you compare <laughs> no. that, when you compare the ending to Evil Dead Rise to Evil Dead 2013, there's no comparison because the 2013 one is so above and beyond amazing. Yeah, I do like that one. Like, I liked what they were going for. It's a cool idea. Um, Like, doing something in that vein that they haven't done in any of the previous entries. I just, like, A, I didn't like how it looked. And I guess I just (laughs) didn't like how it was executed. But yeah, yeah, there were there were there were many things left to be. uh, I think I just feel like there was a, a disconnect with certain things. I feel like, you know so yeah i liked it though it was still good but scream oh, scream six is so good i actually mm. it took them a while to release it on digital but it's on digital now and i actually just watched it last night uh for the first time since i had seen it in the theater it's okay. just really i was really i was really impressed by it i mean there are a couple of things that i'm just like you could have done better here but that's it, another one where the final act is where it kind of goes down for me. <laughs> oh, see, I liked the final act. I thought it was kind of fun because I see that was the issue I had with Scream 5 is I felt like Scream 5 was really underwhelming for me. It was like very paint yeah. by numbers. Um, it was really predictable. Like the the two killers were really predictable. Like I predicted Richie and uh amber from the very beginning so it wasn't it just wasn't as fun of an experience for me as i wanted it to be but then when i went and saw six i was like oh my god they're like really turning up the heat on like uh, subverting our expectations like and there were so many good set pieces that i had missed in five um and i i i did predict um that the detective guy was one of them but i i kept going back and forth on ethan like i did find him predictable but the way that they did it was kind of 
interesting, I guess. But Quinn really took me by surprise because I was, mm. and I guess I should have expected it because like we didn't actually see her die on camera. And, yeah. um, you know, that's kind of the trend in the Scream films. If you don't see someone die on camera, they're either alive or they could be one of the killers. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. So I, I liked it. Yeah, no, I think it's great all around. Like the characters are really good. The moment like Ghostface followed them into the convenience store i was like okay this is i really like what they're doing you know yeah. but for me it's just there's too much plot armor in this one oh, and for sure <laughs> logically the stuff with like him being richie's dad didn't quite work for me because like when you yeah. i don't know how it would get missed i mean i'm sure it's possible but <laughs> because because in scream 2 it's more logical that mrs loomis wouldn't have gotten found out because she you know um because she got a lot of work done mm. and she got like a facelift and lost a bunch of weight. So, you know, of course, Gail Weathers isn't going to recognize her when she reveals herself as the villain. But like in this one, neither Gail or Kirby figured out <laughs> that Richie's dad was Detective Bale. It just makes no sense to me. I mean, they could have possibly just like changed their names or whatever. But even still, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I, I'm, I feel the same way that those are the nitpicky things I have with scream six is just some of the logical stuff. Like when Ethan doesn't just leave um, Mindy on the train to die, like there's no one yeah. there to see him like be the hero. So he could have just easily just pretended like he didn't see her and walk mm. off the train. Yeah. It's just little things I, like that, that like, I'm just like, I get, really? Yeah. I get that logically for the movie. I think that's more of like a, for the audience moment. Cause they don't want to make it, like blatantly obvious i guess well yeah but just... i'm like but i'm like if the the, the 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 broad scope of things i'm like for the movie itself it doesn't make sense like yeah he, you know <laughs> i don't know it's maybe maybe he it would have been here's a here's a um what's the word here's a possible thing for that maybe he saw her but then with the rush of people getting off the train he gets pushed off the train before he can save her that could okay. have been something that could have been something a little more plausible. I yeah. think, I don't know, but that's just me. <laughs> that's just me being nitpicky. Like, I mean, these, these movies are, I mean, we shouldn't, <laughs> I feel like bad when I complain about movies sometimes. Cause it's like, we're getting like, so we're getting so spoiled. Like the past two years we've right. gotten so spoiled. So, but it's just like the little things, like little things matter sometimes. So, and they, yeah. they, they bother me. I'm a very detail oriented person. So when certain things don't line up, I'm like, that really bothers me. <laughs> well, right. And it, it comes with the territory. I mean, if it's something you really love and enjoy, like I'm not a person to just sit back and not have anything to say either. Like I really like to get into those discussions, you know, whether it's all beneficial or being like, you know, it's really good. Here's a couple things I didn't like or things that don't make sense or whether it's just saying, yeah, no, I didn't like this at all. And here's why, but you know, having the here's why is a lot better than just, having like the no it's not good you know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so but. i think you being able to explain why certain things don't work in that movie you know i, I don't throw any shade at you for it <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you yeah i just feel like some people probably think they're like probably think that we're complaining like oh be grateful that we got another <laughs> scream movie and i'm like oh don't don't worry i am grateful like they can if they're making scream films with such like consistent, like consistently good screen films, they can keep making screen films as long as they want to, as long as they're good. Cause like, that's what I love about the screen franchise. All the films are like really good in yeah. my opinion. I mean, even five, it's my least favorite of the franchise, but I still like, like it. There's things to like about it. So, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, moving on from that, have you, have you watched anything else or 
Um, I don't think so. There's been a couple movies I watched that I wasn't a huge fan of this year, like uh, Cocaine Bear and 65. Those were the two kind of underwhelming ones for me. But mm, Yeah, I, I still have not seen Cocaine Bear, so. It's good, probably, if you watch it with friends with the mindset that it'll be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I already went into it with the mindset of it being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's a ridiculous plot as it is. A freaking cocaine or cocaine induced bear freaking going around. Kill- yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But yeah, for um, sure. yeah. Uh, as for so, me, I haven't really been watching anything new. I, I mean, I saw basically everything you've seen so far, except for um, I have not seen the Mario movie yet. Um, I have not seen Renfield either, uh, but I did see Evil Dead Rise, so that mm. was good. I, I'm probably going to go see Bo's Afraid tonight, so that'll be fun. And I've been on a One Tree Hill kick lately again with my okay. One Tree Hill, <laughs> but I've been watching it with a friend that's never seen it. So it's exciting to watch it with new people that have never seen it. So um, yeah. currently almost in season three now, and we've been binge watching it for two weeks and we got through two seasons already. So nice yeah Yeah. i've definitely slacked on the tv side last thing i watched was just the last of us just because it was a adaptation and i love the game so (laughs) yeah i still haven't seen that either i've been i've been slacking i need to need to pick up my (laughs) need to pick up my shit and just get into it but i i I don't know i've been hesitant to watch the last of us i don't know why Mm. i just hear there's some really sad stuff in it i'm like i'm not ready to be sad right now for sure that's what i had fun with because like i saw the main beats coming you know and my sister who never played the game she has no idea and so each episode where i knew like a key thing was gonna happen i'm checking with her and like how did you make how did that make you feel and she's like this (laughs) this show is like it's sad (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i've I've been sad enough the last couple months i was like i don't know if that's good on my mental health right now so i'm not gonna go there today (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah maybe now that i'm getting in a better state of mind again i think maybe i'll i'll watch it again at some or i'll start watching it at some point but yeah um but yeah with all that aside uh, i want to get into the we love horror question round real quick dylan sounds good (laughs) and uh, as we talked about before we started recording i had a lapse in memory today don't know how i did that because i've been doing this podcast for three years it should be ingrained in me by now but um i forgot to ask you to bring a question to ask me so today it's just going to be me asking a question for you so uh and you prepared unlike me today so (laughs) (laughs) you you knew what question i was going to ask you today so um if you were trapped on a desert island, Dylan, and you only had five horror films that you could take with you, which five films would you choose? Right. Yeah. Uh, this one, I was thinking about it because it's like it, on the surface, a very simple question. But then when you break down what you actually like, it's it gets more and more complex to answer because you have to think yeah. like, you know, I love A24, but do I really want to throw like five A24 movies on there? <laughs> <laughs> and so what I decided to do was just kind of go more by the broader uh, categories within horror. Ooh, okay. Um, so starting off, I did psychological horror, which initially I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to throw hereditary in there. But then I, yeah. I thought about it a little more and the movie that really kicked me into that, like, you know, quotation elevated horror end quote thing was the witch. Mm-hmm. That was the first mm-hmm. movie that, got me more attuned to the direction that horror was going. Um, so that is for sure the movie I would throw there now. Um, I still love that movie. I've seen it many times. It's, yeah. it's just good. <laughs> That's a great choice. I love that. 
And then jumping from there, I wanted to do, I kind of grouped these together, but survival horror slash slasher, because they're kind of in the same vein, but I guess it depends on how you're looking at it. But yeah, uh, for me, just Alien. You know, if, if The Witch is the movie that attuned me to elevated horror, Alien is the movie that attuned me to horror in general. So yes. that's like one of the very first I saw when I was very young, and I've loved it ever since. It's amazing. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I love Alien. <laughs> I mean, I talk about it with people all the time. I, I'm like, I cannot believe that movie was made in 1979 because just the the set design in itself, the the way it looks, it looks like a film that could have been made today. Yeah. You know, if they were going to do like the whole, like they were going to make it today, but make it kind of like X where X takes place in the seventies, but put like a seventies like filter on it. They, this movie could have been made today and it would still look exactly like it did in 79. So yeah, that's right. a great pick. Funnily enough, I was thinking about that too. Cause one of the movies on my list for the, the actual list we're doing today, I watched not even like three hours ago and <laughs> nice. it's an older one. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, it, it definitely shows its age, but I was thinking about that. I'm like, aliens just about as old as this one, but like, I didn't get that feeling from it. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, jumping from there, I wanted to do comedy horror and Ooh, okay. I have not seen a ton in this genre, so there was one that was pretty easy for me to pick. And, like, you could do Scream, but Scream for me isn't quite all in on the comedy side. I guess it depends on which entry you're looking at. But for me, it's just going to be Cabin in the Woods, just because I love its uh, satirical take on the uh, genre as a whole. Oh, that's a great movie. That's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i really like that one and then i wanted to do found footage which another category which i have just not seen a ton in so i'm just gonna throw blair witch project in there yes <laughs> hell yeah fuck yeah this is you're getting me pumped <laughs> i was sitting which, there in the back of my mind i say please say blair witch project, yeah. blair witch project. I was, you said it and i was like yes yeah granted there's probably only been a handful i've seen but that one i think for a lot of people is just the one they would look at and it's just really good uh, yeah it's yeah it's just that that's the way to do found footage right i think 100 <laughs> percent. yeah i love that pick. Well, you have one more right yep and okay. the last one i wanted to do body horror and for this one uh kind of in the same vein as alien this is another movie i group with it as being a uh, one that i'm a big fan of and that's just the thing the original release mm-hmm. very damn. uh good with the special effects and stuff <laughs> damn dylan just hitting all freaking <laughs> home runs today hitting home runs with all these picks these are those are great i love that and yeah. you're you're the se- you're like the second person to actually put them into categories now i actually had um my friend james from i was a teenage film snob kind of did the same mm-hmm. thing in a similar vein he separated his movies into like the the subcategories and picked one from each like subcategory so i that's that's fun i love when P- i love when you guys <laughs> do that because i'm like that makes it more interesting you know so right yeah that's great i love that yeah, no, like I said, you could pick five movies that are like vainly the same. Like if someone was just to say, well, you know, scream one through five, and then, you know, how soon is it going to be before you want something different, like as a viewing experience, you know? <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> I, I'm not quite there yet with scream, the scream franchise. Yet. Like <laughs> I'm that way with like saw and other films. Like I'm so over the saw franchise. I cannot believe we're getting another one this year. I'm just like, really guys? yeah oh come on um but with scream <laughs> i'm just like yeah keep making them i'm good with that <laughs> for sure 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was fun. Thank you for thank you for making that so fun and interesting. That was great. I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, without further ado, Dylan, are you ready to um, get into? Oh, you know what? Oh, my God. Another lapse in memory. I did not have you plug in your podcast. Please plug in your podcast for the listeners so they could know where to find you. Jesus Christ, I'm off my game nope. today. <laughs> you know, in the last 10 minutes, I forgot I had one. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so we are called the Nerd Switch Podcast. We are still fairly new, kind of finding our footed, but we uh, got started last year. Um, we're just a... Uh, you know, nerd media entertainment platform, I guess. Mostly it's just like video game reviews, movie reviews, and then some fun uh, discussions we do from time to time, kind of as stuff comes up. Like we did one discussing the gaming industry as a whole for 2022. I was just going to bring up that episode. That, oh, yeah. that was like, because that was one of, because um, I haven't had a chance to fully catch up on all of your episodes yet. I apologize. There's just so many podcasts. And like, so there's yeah. days where I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to listen to podcasts today. So like, I'll put podcasts off. But that was one of the episodes that I actually listened to. And I really enjoyed it. But continue. I'm sorry. I just want Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just, as it comes up, we'll do random discussions on stuff we like if there's like a, a fun topic or whatever. But we're just, you know, we're going week by week, sometimes every other week, but we have a lot of fun doing it. We don't really have a big following or anything, but right now we're just kind of doing it for fun. And that's yeah. exactly what it's been so far. So can't complain. And honestly, but, uh, I think the more the more you do it, I think you're going to gain definitely a good following base because I think your podcast is great. So I think what you guys are doing is really cool. Well, thank you. I know it's a little broad as like a podcast uh, topic, but <laughs> no, I think it's great because yeah, it's broad, but like you have so much to talk about. So mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things where you're never gonna, you know, run into that situation where you're like, oh shit, well, uh, we don't have anything else to talk about. So I guess that's just the end of the podcast now, which is like kind of why it's great that like, I also do a horror podcast. Cause I'm like, there's so mm -hmm. many more, like I can talk about horror movies for, a hundred years and like i'll still right. have content for my podcast but like no i think that's great i think your podcast is great and i think you're fantastic so um where can they find you on social media so currently we are on instagram and twitter although twitter might go away at some point because we're not the biggest fan but uh <laughs> if you want to follow us on either of them let me uh scroll up to my notes here but instagram it's just nerd switch underscore podcast and twitter stupidly is nerd switch or nerd switch un sorry nerd underscore underscore switch because some dick took out the the first underscore <laughs> <laughs> so you have to do two. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we're also on youtube we just kind of push the episodes there as well for those who don't want to jump on a podcasting platform but that's just nerd switch podcast so yeah um, it's just me and my co-host, Jeremiah, and we have a group of friends that we rotate through that kind of come on and talk about stuff with us. So it's been really fun. Nice. I love that. Yeah, thank you. Um, yes, please go check Dylan out at the Nerd Switch podcast. You guys are freaking phenomenal. And yeah, please go support them. And yeah, check them out. But uh, yeah, without further ado, Dylan, do you want to get into what we are discussing today? Let's do it. I'm really excited. Me too. Um, this is because uh, I've been doing a lot of top 10 lists lately. I, I can't. Oh, well, that's not true. I actually did Jennifer's body pretty recently, but I feel like I've been doing, I've been straying away 
a bit from the full on movie discussions lately, just because I've been having so much fun with these like top 10 lists. So I've been doing a lot of top 10 lists the last couple of months. Uh, people are probably getting sick of them, but I love, <laughs> I love them. Um, I think it's the most fun you can have when it comes to just talking about the content you enjoy, you know? I agree. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I do love talking about movies in depth, but it does get kind of exhausting sometimes because you got to pay attention you got to take notes you got to you know mm. the way i do it maybe it's just the way i do it maybe i'm just doing it too i'm being too hard on myself i don't know i like to do things the hard way so <laughs> maybe i'm burning myself out by like doing full because i know that there's some people that you know um our life in horror for example which is another fantastic podcast that i recommend to anybody who hasn't listened to them they do their format is more so they don't talk about the movie in detail but they have like question prompts like Oh, uh, favorite scenes, uh, favorite cinematography, stuff like that. So it's like, instead of going like scene by scene, they kind of just do certain things and you still get like the gist of like the full movie, if that makes sense. So yeah, I've thought about maybe starting to do it that way instead, but I don't know. I kind of like the way I do it. So it's just kind of tiring. So I've taken a break from doing full on movie discussions and I do more so just like top 10 lists lately. So. Yeah, no, I, I get I completely get that too, because where we review a lot of stuff on our show, like notes are just a natural part of the process. And yeah, that's why our recent review for the Mario movie, I'm like, I'm not gonna take notes, I'm just gonna watch this one and we're just gonna talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes I'll have a very long note, you know, dissecting it. That's more for the game side, because you know, a video game you're gonna be spending like anywhere from ten to like sixty hours with it, so that's yeah very true and there there are times when <laughs> there's movies that i've seen a bazillion times that i don't need to take mm. notes on and that's the advantage sometimes that's an advantage because people are like how can you watch the same movie over and over and i'm like you know what because i love it first of all and second of all it really saves me time and energy when i can just like go off off the top of my head because i've seen the movie so much you know so <laughs> yeah it's it's very nice sometimes but uh yeah we are doing top 10 uh, our top 10 favorite cult movies that involve like cults, not cult classic movies for, <laughs> cause I, we, you and I kind of were like, is it cult classics or cults? And we're like, no, it's cult. Right. Um, favorite movies that involve cults. So um, yeah. And I always usually let the guest of honor go first. So Dylan, since you are the guest of honor, uh, would you like to start with your number 10 pick? For sure. A quick side note, too, with the whole cult classic thing, it made research kind of a pain in the ass, too, because initially I was looking yes. it up and I'm like, that's not a cult movie. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then you check the you title know. and it says cult classics and you're like, right. oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah you have to sure. change your search uh, uh, phrasing a little bit. You have to put, fa- I put favorite horror movies that involve cults. That was yeah. my, that was what I had right. to put in. but my number 10 um actually did you have honorable mentions at all or i actually did not have any honorable mentions on this list uh just because i don't know like there are a lot of cult movies but there are also a lot that i have not seen yet so um i i just kind of if you have any honorable mentions feel free to share like right now if you want to share any honorable mentions um i don't have any so take the floor dylan if you have some yeah, it's only two. Okay, um, perfect. So first I would go with Mandy, the Nicolas Cage cult flick, which is very obscure and wild. And that's probably the only reason I like it is just because Nicolas Cage is a nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he's the, really he's the longest running internet meme, I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
for sure. I don't like love the movie, but I can definitely have a good time with it. It's very out there, and oh, for sure, it's, uh, it's fun. You know, I you won't see the 2006 Wicker Man on here, even though it has Nicolas Cage, but uh, I prefer not to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we the, the movie that shall not be named is that movie. <laughs> I mean, if you're going into it wanting to some comedic value from it, you're definitely going to get that though, because yeah. the, the the bees scene, the bees, oh yeah. god, the bees. That scene is just comedic genius. It's yeah. like I don't know if they were intending to make a bad movie, but they did a really good job. So it, it's a comedy. You're not fooling anyone. <laughs> <laughs> the director knew what he was doing. He's like, yeah, I know this movie's shit, so we're just gonna pass it off as a horror comedy now. Yeah, right. <laughs> And then uh, the other pick is just going to be Martyrs, uh, a French extremity movie, which I do appreciate, but being a movie that I probably won't watch again, I'll just leave it here in the honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, uh, you're not going to find that movie on my list or even yeah. in honorable mentions. It's not that I don't like it, but that movie is, I can't watch it. Yeah, no, I, I find the actual like cult within it to be kind of interesting right it's just it is a very brutal movie and it is not a friendly movie it's not a nice movie and yeah so i don't want to watch it again but the cult's kind of interesting so <laughs> yeah yeah maybe if it was more like elaborating on what the cult is and not so much the mm -hmm. you know the violence yeah, be... you don't really get it until the end i just thought the idea of like why the horrible things were happening was kind of neat <laughs> yeah and the yeah. idea that it's like just these casual families kind of scattered around that are all doing this yeah, like the, the elitist type of people. Right. Yeah. That's always interesting. I always like the like the the cult people that are like the elite kind of, you know, almost kind of like the purge in a sense, but like they like mm -hmm. yeah, I, I like that a lot. Great picks. Yeah. And just uh before I actually list the number ten, I wanted to go on a short tangent just to kind of tell you, I guess, why I picked this topic. Kind of Yeah, great why question, it was... yes. I should have um, asked you that question. Why did you pick this topic, Dylan? <laughs> just throw that, throw that like 20 minutes back. You know, we're good. You got it. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just edit the part out where you came up with the, where you came up with the question prompt and I'll pretend like it was me that came up with it all along. I'm just kidding. I won't do that. Hey, there yeah. you go. <laughs> um, no, I, I have. So like for those, I guess nobody knows cause it's my first time here, but I'm not a religious person. Um, I don't associate with any, although like I've tried them in the past and yeah. I have just this kind of fascination with the people that are willing to, you know, shape their life around a particular belief system. And, you know, with cults that's taken to like a whole extreme because you're now yeah. shaping your life for a belief system that's considered to be, you know, subordinary. Yeah. And, uh, it's really interesting, especially with some of the real world cults where you realize what these people were willing to do or what they did, what they believed in. And yeah, it gets pretty nutty, you know, stuff like uh, People's Temple and the whole Jonestown thing and, you know, the Manson family, Heaven's Gate, just all these absolutely crazy stories of yeah. stuff that's happened. <laughs> Um, so seeing that in movie form, you know, a media where you're free to kind of explore stories in any way you want, you know, tying a cult in gives a really big element of like unease because a lot of the movies are just about the cults really in the background, you know, and you just see the influences coming in from here and there, which I'll talk about kind of as we dive into the specific entries on the list. But yeah, it's just a fascination with, you know, how they work and kind of how they're able to manipulate people. 
that I found really interesting. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I feel the same way. I think, um, and I hate to admit this on the podcast, but I feel like maybe not so much now because as I'm getting into my 30s, I'm a little bit more. Um, I know myself a little bit more, and I I, I tend to, I I now tend to. Um, use my energy on only people that deserve it. But I think 10 years ago, I would have been the perfect candidate to be susceptible to be in a cult because I was just so like, I just want people to love me. I want everyone to love Mm -hmm. me. And I was so desperate for like that validation that like, if somebody had come up to me and been like, Hey, come to this little thing. And and I would have been like, yeah, cool. I probably, yeah, I probably would have been Danny from Midsommar (laughs) by the end of By the end of, you know, this, when everything was said and done, I I could have very well been Danny at the end of a Midsommar at some point, but. That's really what I find to be the scariest thing about it, though, is just how they're able to really warp your belief system. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Chris Stuckman at all. I love Chris Stuckman. Yes. Yes. (laughs) He's 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 literally like the god of like him. And um, there's a couple of people that I I watch religiously him. And uh, I don't know if you watch Cody Leach at all. But Cody, I do recently, actually, I started watching him. Those two are the two I go to before I go see a horror movie, because I'm like, if their opinion, like normally I like to form my own opinion, so I'll still go see the movie. But like if I watch a Cody Leach video or a Chris Stuckman video and they're like, yeah, this movie was disappointing more often than not. I fall in line with what they feel. So I'm like, they are like the two people that I'm like, I trust in God. We in Chris Stuckman and uh, Cody Leach. We trust (laughs) because those are the two people. Yeah. Yeah. And just with him, like, I don't know if you saw his whole video about like his experience with uh, Jehovah's Witness, but Yeah. yeah, stuff like that, you know, any kind of organized religion like that, which I think stuff like uh, Jehovah's Witness and Scientology and like FLDS, they definitely teeter more towards the cult side. I mean, maybe it's not like an outright statement you can make without getting in trouble, but (laughs) (laughs) any religion like that, that is kind of threatening you in a sense where it's like, you know, if you're not a member, you can't achieve this or anything like that. Like his whole belief system basically said, if you do what you want to do, you know, your family essentially just gets cut off. Like, I don't think he's even in communication with his family because of, uh, his choice to pursue his career, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a terrifying thing. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's honestly where my fascination lies with cults and stuff, because it's like the way that they're able to, you know, as you said, warp your belief system, but also like infiltrate your entire life and somehow get you to abandon everything you once believed in, like your friends, your family, to something that's like not even realistic or healthy. Mm. Like it's just, it's a scary thing. Like it's a cults are scary. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Plain and simple cults are scary. Like, and turns out even scarier when you put them in a horror movie. So (laughs) for sure. Yeah. I mean, do, do horror films kind of, you know, over dramatize cults in a sense? Yes. To a certain extent, but there are movies on, on this list that, felt very realistic to me in the mm-hmm. simplicity of it um it wasn't just like all like oh elaborate this and that it was yeah it, most of these films on this list are very grounded in reality um which is kind of where i went there are a couple that kind of stray off that a little bit but for the most part i, I kind of made my list based on like films that really 
got under my skin for the simple aspect of like this feels like it could happen you know oh yeah for sure there's one in particular on my list that feels very grounded in reality to me so (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) but uh yeah um would you like to get into our number your number 10 now Yes, long tangent aside. Oh, I am no, I love it. It was it was it was a tangent that was relevant to the episode. I'm like yeah. some I go on where I go from horror films to somehow go all the way across the spectrum to Taylor Swift and then back to horror films. That's just how my brain works. I'm sorry, guys. Sure. My listeners are my listeners are silently agreeing with me on the other end, like, yes, Michael. Yes, we know. We know. But anyway, yeah. Number ten, Dylan. What is it? Mm-hmm. Number 10 for me is The Endless. Oh, I have not seen that one, but I saw that on a lot of people's lists. But yes, please, please discuss. Yeah, so this is one of the ones that I did not watch up until the last like two weeks as I was kind of exploring other movies to make sure my list didn't just include the five I already like knew and loved. Yeah. Um, and it's a very like it is a low budget movie and there's kind of a, a cool story behind how it was made because like the two people that actually star in it are also the ones who uh wrote and directed it i believe and, oh that's cool that's neat yeah like it's lower budget for sure but it has a really cool concept and it is uh, it's higher up on like the the thinker side for a horror movie like it is a little confusing at parts and uh, complex story-wise but it's a really cool idea And just to read you the synopsis, because I don't want to give anything away if you're like interested in seeing it, but Mm -hmm. um, it just says, as kids, they escaped escaped a UFO death cult. Now uh, two adult brothers seek answers after an old videotape surfaces and brings them back to where they began. Ooh, that does sound interesting. I'm intrigued. Yeah, so it's just they go, you know, they get a tape sent to them mysteriously that shows like people they know from the cold and it's not like directly telling them to come back but they're intrigued and you get this cool dynamic where one of the brothers you know he's the one that kind of pulled them out and he's like no we're not going to go back it's a cult (laughs) (laughs) he kind of saw it for the crazy side but the other brother he saw it more as a family you know like a sense of belonging because since they left the cult you know they're not financially doing well they're not living how they would determine to be like a happy life yeah and that aspect was what really made it interesting for me kind of how they both have a really different outlook on like something that they grew up in yeah that's a, i like that and i the whole ufo thing is kind of cool too i that's like the first film i've heard that's like alien like yeah. an alien type <laughs> of cult which is really cool I'm, I'm intrigued so yeah it's it is just lower down on the list for me just because it does kind of get a little hard to follow because there's a previous movie that kind of ties into this one as well set in the same Mm -hmm. i guess like universe but i did not see that and (laughs) yeah i've only seen it once probably a movie you want to see a couple times but it is really solid very cool i love that pick uh yeah i'm excited to check that out because that's one of the ones that i saw on a lot of people's lists but i had not seen so uh now i'm definitely gonna have to see it now that it's on yours but um are you ready for my number 10 yes sir Okay, so my number 10 is a little film that came out in, I think, 2013, and it was directed by Ty West, who is known for X and Pearl and soon-to-be Maxine, so he's really getting up in the world now. I mean, I've always liked his films, so I don't think I've ever seen a film that I didn't quite care for of his. Um, Maybe Cabin Fever 2, but (laughs) that's, you know, that's neither there, here or there. But um, anyway, it's The Sacrament. 
And this is this movie is very heavily based off of you. You mentioned him earlier, but Jim Jones. Oh, okay. Uh, the the People's Temple. That's kind of what this movie kind of takes a lot of inspiration from, and I think that's also why it's so low on my list. Um, is because I I know I've done a lot of research on the Jim's the Jim Jones um, story and the the cult that was behind it and stuff. And this movie mm-hmm. kind of follows similar beats to that story, so I found it kind of predictable going in. But yeah. what I will say is it it's very grounded. I mean, obviously this has happened more multiple times, but um, the the whole Jim Jones story in general is horrific. Like. Mm-hmm the whole you know kool-aid that's why people say don't drink the kool-aid kind of thing i think that's where that came from (laughs) um but this this movie is very grounded in reality i don't feel like it's over the top um there are a lot of moments in this film that are very unnerving as a cult film should be so it hits all the right beats i think my only issue with it is on a critique standpoint is that i just feel like it kind of follows the basic cult formula it follows Mm. the jim jones story a little too closely and i found myself like knowing how it was going to end and stuff like that right yeah Um, like if you're gonna make something that similar to the original event like why not just adapt it instead of trying to do something that is it but like isn't it i don't know it's kind of (laughs) weird right and i mean granted they they he does like ty west does do a few things different in this like it's not completely like the same story or anything but Uh it's very very similar in its like subject matter so i think that's the only reason why it's down so low on the list is i mean i still love it It, there's a reason it's in my top 10 i still really love it but i think of all these films i think it's one of the least ones i walk i go back to um just because i just feel like it's really kind of predictable but um yeah, so that's my number 10 is The Sacrament. And uh, moving on to number nine, what is your number nine? And also, I forgot to preface, we are going to be doing spoilers in this episode. So if you guys haven't seen any movies on this list, maybe fast forward mm. uh, a little bit because there are going to be some movies that we're going to talk about and we're going to spoil. So uh, with that being said, yeah, get into your number nine, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my number nine, this might be a bit of a hot take, I guess, depending on what kind of fan you are, because this one I think a lot of people would point to as being like the pinnacle example when Mm. looking at these kinds of movies, but it is The Wicker Man. Very nice. Yeah, it's another one I didn't watch up until recently because, you know, as I'm looking at the movies that are in the same category that I haven't seen, like, of course I know about it. I just never actually watched it. And upon watching it, I do really appreciate it, but you know, watching it so many years later, it's like, it is very uh, different as a viewing experience, just with like how it was made for a movie at that time. Um, It does. It it was cool to kind of see where a lot of the influences for movies like uh, Midsommar came from though. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's really solid. I like it. I like the setup for it. Um, Kind of the concept of uh, not a fish out of water per se, but like, you know, maybe a bird, jumping into the fishbowl if that makes sense yeah the bird being our detective (laughs) yeah no that's a perfect metaphor i love that (laughs) yeah it's very weird and i really like how it kind of elevated itself throughout as it kind of dived more into the cult featured in the movie and of course that ending (laughs) oh my gosh yeah (laughs) that that ending's pretty pretty uh wild and kind of disturbing so yeah yeah i I love that uh, I'm kind of kicking myself because I didn't even put that on my list. Oh, okay. 
I don't know why yeah. I just, it wasn't, um, I do like that movie. I just, I think I like the other movies on this list more than that one. Yeah. I know I'm probably going to have people yelling at me right now. Like, Michael, what are you thinking? The <laughs> man is a classic. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I digress, but yeah, that's no, that's a great pick. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about with the wicker man before we move on? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just really solid. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, all right. So my number nine, and this is a kind of, um, kind of two, it's within the same universe, but I picked, um, the Annabelle and slash conjuring three. Cause like the first two conjuring movies don't really involve cults. It's more like demons, but like mm-hmm. Annabelle, like an Annabelle creation and stuff, those involve cults. And then, uh, uh, the conjuring three involves involves a cult as well. And I just think that's so fascinating. Like I want to know more about like their cult and like the demon that they worship is really scary too. Like okay. <laughs> he's really terrible. Have you seen the, any of those films? I unfortunately have not watched any of the conjurings and or spinoffs. That's oh an area I'm slacking in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no judgment here, but damn, you're about 10 years <laughs> late I, <laughs> i've got them all my friend has a plex server and i had him put them all on there in the event that i do decide to like sit down and finally watch them so yeah i'm not gonna say it's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no um i i think that like annabelle it's not like the greatest film um but i really like the whole cult aspect of like there's like a cult there's a cold aspect like throughout the whole movie, but there's like, it gets really culty within like the first like 20 or so minutes of the movie. And I wish mm-hmm. there was more of that in Annabelle, but also in like the conjuring three, there's a cult aspect as well. And I don't know if it's the same cult or if it's a different cult, but nevertheless, I really like um, these films and like the, the cult behind them. I, I would really love to hear, like have like maybe like an origin story about these cults and like how they started and stuff like that. But yeah, that's my okay. number nine is uh the annabelle slash conjuring three films so yeah yeah i i need to get moving on some other movies (laughs) i've missed (laughs) well might i recommend that you uh go into like the conjuring franchise maybe watching them in chronological order because some of them are like uh, it kind of jumps around mm-hmm. yeah so like maybe like just look it up and f- i think the nun is the first one that you watch if you're watching it chronologically if i remember correctly but i could be wrong but yeah it's, okay. it's kind of cool to watch them that way i actually recently watched them in chronological order and i was like this is kind of cool kind of changes things a little bit some of these movies gonna, are still terrible but <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna challenge myself and watch it backwards chronologically oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah what's your what's your uh number eight dylan number eight another movie i feel like people would expect to be higher is uh rosemary's baby and Ooh. this is the one i actually watched like three hours ago um kind of the last movie i had on my list of ones to sift through for ones yeah. that i had missed but it's really good um it's a it is definitely a slow movie but the way that it sets itself up and kind of dives into what's going on. And this is another really good example where you get to kind of see the background influence of the cult where pretty much everything Rosemary does is just getting directed, you know, either with or without her own awareness and the way it pays off in the end is just iconic. And I can tell that even, you know, having seen it as recently as I have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
and it's also terrifying like the like the mm-hmm. the way this movie ends is also terrifying and and it's crazy that you say that with like the cult thing because this film was directed in 1969 by none other than Roman Polanski but Roman mm-hmm. Polanski was also married to Sharon Tate who was also murdered by the Manson family cult in 1969 so it's like kind of a creepy eerie coincidence that this movie like got made in the same year that Roman Polanski's like wife died like it's kind of it's it's almost like an eerie foreshadowing in a sense i guess like it's kind of creepy yeah and this is the movie i was talking about where like comparing it to alien on like how it is watching it now compared to where it came out like it does seem a lot older to me um just with the way it's shot like it's still a really good looking movie and i love the way that they set up a lot of the shots like the opening sequence just kind of panning down on the whole area they're in and you know it's really well made um yeah yeah i just i wish i kind of watched it sooner and of course with it being as old as it is like i knew everything about the ending prior to actually seeing it so i don't really get that initial shock and awe which is probably yeah. why it's this low for me but i really do like it it's uh yeah. i was pretty surprised by how much i enjoyed it actually for like how long it is as well and how like old <laughs> it is because sometimes like i i don't like to say that i have like a more modern like feel on horror films but like some old horror films i just cannot sit through i'm just like this is this is too old like i (laughs) i mean i love halloween though halloween is what almost 50 years old now and i still love that movie you know there's certain movies i love but like there's other movies that i just can't like the age ages them so much to the point where i'm just like this is not i cannot sit through this (laughs) yeah Um, yeah funnily enough like with uh the evil dead franchise i was trying to that's another franchise i had not experienced prior to rise and i wanted to yeah so i watched the first evil dead was my first uh experience with it and i i hate that movie (laughs) thank you i'm so glad i'm not the only one that does not like that movie because everyone else like everyone else like almost shits their pants when i say that i do not like the evil dead movie (laughs) what like i'm just like i cannot get into them the the 2013 one and evil dead rise are great but the other three i'm just like oh god please shoot me in the head yeah i i still haven't seen two or three i know two is like held in really high regard but yeah one i just uh i was not into it at all (laughs) (laughs) i i I can appreciate what they were doing like the the practical effects of the time were great they were doing some really groundbreaking stuff on such a small budget but still i'm just like i cannot i can't get into these movies the second one is Mm. is fun to watch if you're like in a group setting, I think. And like, yeah. it's over the top and ridiculous. Like, um, but yeah, no, Rosemary's baby is a great pick. I have that on my list. It's actually a couple of numbers higher, but we'll get okay. to that when we get to it. But, uh, um, are you ready for my number eight? Yeah. All right. So my number eight is, is also kind of an older film. Um, but uh, it's Suspiria. Well, actually, I kind of put the remake and the original one in the same category because they're basically both the same thing. Um, okay. But I don't know if you've seen Suspiria, but basically it like follows a group of dancers at this school, like this prestigious like dance academy type thing. And there's like weird shit going on behind the scenes, like people are dying in, in grotesque ways. Um, and you find out that there's like basically a cult kind of sacrificing these women you know to get power and shit like that uh i mean it's a real the dario dario argento um made the original suspiria 
and it's so it's like so good it's one of it's an it's a movie that i feel like has aged very well as Mm. far as like the way it looks um the acting is really good and then the remake is also really fantastic um so i recommend watching both but yeah if you haven't seen those dylan i would i would definitely check them out yeah unfortunately those are two i missed as well i think my list of movies to get through in the last two weeks was like i don't even like 10 to 15 (laughs) and I, i did get most of them but yeah that's two that i unfortunately missed but the original suspiria is that foreign or was that actually american made it's it's foreign yeah okay and so then was the remake also foreign or was that um i believe so i but it has american actors in it but i think they did film i think they it is a foreign film technically still i'm not i'm not really sure where how to categorize that one but okay um, and I can't think of the director's name off the top of my head right now. I'm like, what the hell, Michael? He he <laughs> was the director of Call Me By Your Name. Um, but yeah, he also directed this film and it's it's fantastic. I think the remake and the original film are both very, very solid films. But yeah, that's my number eight. Uh, so moving on to number seven, Dylan, would you like to tell us what your number seven is? Yes. So yet another movie I watched recently. Uh, this one is The Invitation. Oh, yes. I love that movie. Is that one on your list as well? It is. Yeah. It's very, nice. it's much higher though. But yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like this one. This is the one I was talking about where I was saying it's kind of, it feels much more grounded in reality for me. Yeah. Um, just kind of an example of a cult making a promise to its followers, you know, as long as a certain uh, minor detail is uh, fulfilled at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A certain, a certain quota, should I say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this one, I actually only knew the name on this one. I didn't know anything about it other than it was on the list I pulled up and I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. And yeah. it's a wild movie. Like, it's not exactly high paced or like super crazy, but the way it casually and slowly introduces the kind of Uh, feeling of unease and like uncertainty with the people he's interacting with was really well done. Yeah. And just, it's unsettling, especially the longer it goes. And then when stuff actually starts happening, it, it's, (laughs) it goes crazy. (laughs) And the ending too, like you get this moment where it's like, they have a moment of triumph and then Uh. it, it reminds me funnily enough of a really like shitty well, a shitty movie, I guess, but a fun scene I like within the movie, but Alien versus Predator. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think gonna, I know what scene you're talking about, actually. Yeah, so you know how he deals with the one face hugger, and then he's like, yeah, what? I got this. And then, you yeah. know, he looks up, and there's like 30 more. That's the exact feeling I got from the end of this movie, and I loved it for that. <laughs> and, your, and your microphone is kind of eerily... Uh, <laughs> symbolic. <laughs> symbolically foreshadowing what you're talking about (laughs) ominous red light (laughs) you're like what (laughs) yeah no it's just really good i love the way that it set up its own premise and the execution was excellent and uh yeah no that's it that's a great pick it's on like i said it's on my list um it's 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 higher but yeah no i i completely agree with you on this movie it's so unsettling and like you said, the ending is just so bleak <laughs> where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Like, the, yeah. but I love the ending of this movie. It's like simple, but 
so effective right and, like it's execution so um but uh so my number seven is going to be and it's it's kind of not technically a full film because it's a segment within a film but okay. it's the vhs segment from vhs 2 it's called safe haven i fucking love this segment so much it's probably probably my favorite segment of all the vhs like in the entire vhs franchise this is my favorite segment i think and it's because it feels like the most grounded and most realistic and it's terrifying like it's about these like document documentary pe- or doc <laughs> why can i talk today <laughs> it happens <laughs> they're making they're basically they're making a documentary is what i'm trying to say um but uh they go to like this like almost kind of like a people's temple type of thing uh it's a mostly it's almost more like heaven's gate but it's like the, uh and i don't know if it's in indonesia or thailand or where it's like an asian country i know that and they go to like document like the their these people and the more it goes on, the more fucking chaotic it gets. Like there's a part where like a character's like running, you know, it's very found footage style. They're running and they get to a room where all these people are standing there like very in unison and they all put guns to their heads and just shoot like themselves all at the same time. And there's like another scene where it's just crazy. It's wild, um, but it's really good. And it, it's really unnerving from beginning to end. And it just feels so like it feels like you're there. Right. And it's 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 really like scary. It really fucked me up the first time I watched it. I was not <laughs> expecting it. Um, but yeah, that's my number seven is Safe Haven from VHS two. Have you seen it, Dylan? I have not watched any. Like I've seen clips from VHS, but like everything I've heard on it is it's kind of a a franchise that either goes like really high up or really down low in terms of like quality or how good it is. If I so can recommend, that... if I can recommend. <laughs> any vhs films it's the first two like the first two are really good um 99 was pretty or was it 99 or was it 94 it definitely was not 99 i hated 99 so it was 90 (laughs) vhs 94 i believe is what it was i really liked that one too so i recommend that one um but yeah uh the other ones you can kind of just do without but (laughs) yeah i do like i do like the idea of it being an anthology though i always thought that's kind of a fun like medium to create you know yeah it, it, it i love anthologies if they're done correctly like trick mm-hmm. or treat is the best anthology movie that's ever been made <laughs> come fight me people if you disagree but i think have you seen trick or treat i i know a lot about it but i have not actually watched it <laughs> i'm just giving you all the i'm giving you homework to do dylan <laughs> everything next, on your list so far i have not seen <laughs> next time you're on my podcast you better have seen all these movies dylan or we're gonna have yeah. a problem i'm just kidding we're not but <laughs> oh boy like shit um (laughs) but yeah that's my number seven so uh moving on to number what's your number six dylan number six um another one that i have not seen till recently which this is the last one that fits that category because my five like my top five actually didn't change which i didn't really expect it to but uh the void that's another one i have not seen but i've heard lots about it that was on a lot of people's lists as well but yeah do share it's i really like this one like it's definitely not super grounded in reality i mean maybe like the first half kind of is but this movie really goes kind of nuts it's it's a weird movie because like most movies have the natural progression where like you know simple setup gets a little more complex goes wild in the the back half uh 
the void kind of just goes wild in the back half, but for the entirety of the runtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love the setup for it because, like, without spoiling anything, what happens is uh, this police officer just finds a dude on the side of the road that's, like, clearly not having a good time. And he actually just ran away from these two guys that were trying to kill him. And it doesn't really give you much information. Yeah. Uh, but it leads to the police officer and this dude going to a hospital that's like in the process of being closed down because they're moving to a different facility due to a fire that happened. Mm. And so it's like this abandoned hospital setup where now these people are pushed into a survival situation. And then you get to finally see the cult, which surrounds the hospital to kind of keep them in. And of all the movies on this list, the shot where you see all of these like white cloaked guys just standing outside is probably my favorite like visual part of any of these movies on this list. But nice, it's just nuts, and it gets a little Lovecraftian towards the end. Very, uh, it's it's crazy. I, I highly recommend it, and it it gave me a lot of the same feelings as like the thing when it comes to body horror. Yeah, and practical effects, and it does it does really good, and it is a pretty brutal movie as well. <laughs> oh, I'm excited! I'm excited to watch it that one too because I know <laughs> that one's been on my radar for a while. I just I don't know. I haven't I haven't sat down and watched it yet, so that's another one I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check out. So great pick! Sure. I love that. <laughs> um, so my number six is a film that you talked about uh prior, and it's Rosemary's Baby. Um, okay, and this is one of those movies where you kind of have to separate the art from the artist because Roman Polanski is not a great guy. Like when you hear about certain things about him, he's, he's very problematic. Uh, (laughs) So it's like when I talk about this movie, I feel like I have to tread lightly sometimes because people, you know, there's, there are people out there that are like, I will not watch that movie. Like there's Mm -hmm. people out there that will not watch Jeepers Creepers because of like the director's past shit that he's done. Um, Right. So it's kind of similar with this film as well. Like I've heard a couple of people say that they refuse to watch this after knowing what Roman Polanski did. So, um, but yeah, no, I just, I love, I love this film. I think you were, all the things you said earlier were, were right on point. Um, and I think that like the thing that really makes this movie so much more terrifying is that it's like a vulnerable woman and her unborn child that are at the mercy of this cult, which is just like something Mm -hmm. that's like so much more scary to me because it's like the stakes are a lot higher. And I just think that's scary. And then like this movie also pushes you into like this world of paranoia where it's like, she doesn't know who she can trust. And all these people that seem like nice on the surface aren't so nice. Once you get to like the, meat and potatoes of the movie once you get into the movie you start to peel back all these layers of who these people really are like her neighbors her friends her even her husband like they're all a part of this whole thing and it's like really it's so that's so scary because it's like oh my god like you really have no like you have like you don't have your own will like that's so scary Mm -hmm. to me and i think that's like what the scariest thing about this movie is and excuse me it's not even so much like the ending. That's the most terrifying part. The ending is like really terrifying, but I think just the whole aspect in itself is like what makes this movie so scary. Um, yeah. But yeah. Even just the point where she does finally think she's at a point where she's finding safety by like returning to Dr. Hill. And yeah. then, you know, that all gets turned upside down because Dr. Hill's a part of it. And it's like, you have no idea who to trust and who like genuinely wants to help you and who's just using you to advance their whole goal, you know? 
And I mean, like me personally, when my if my neighbor tried making me drink what looks like ranch dressing in a cup to help with my pregnancy, like you know, I'm good. <laughs> oh yeah, no thanks. I'm I'm not. Yeah, I'm not taking any um, unknown fluids from somebody that I don't know very well. No thanks. I'm good. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'll stick to my prenatal vitamins. Thanks. Yeah, I don't yeah. need that shit. <laughs> yeah, I just appreciate because I mean. Pregnancy is already a scary thing, I'm sure. I mean, of course, I can't really contribute to, like, the authenticity of that fear, but adding those elements to it, I that just seems like a genuinely terrifying situation to be in. <laughs> yeah, 100%, because it's just, like, nobody around her, like, she can't trust anybody around her, and even if she can trust some of the people around her, she still can't trust them, because, like, she, it's such a paranoia type of thing where it's like, yeah, I can't trust you. Mm-hmm. it's it's scary that's like that the whole element of like distrust is i think the scariest thing about this movie not so much right. the cult itself but just the whole paranoia distrust aspect is like so terrifying because it's it really is like you can't trust anybody yeah and that's one thing i like a lot with various horror movies um especially a movie i'll bring up later but something i talk about often with other people is like sometimes the scariest thing in a horror movie isn't the monster or the unknown or whatever it's just other people and uh you know especially with like her husband and how he's willing to have her go through this process just to like help him get ahead in life selfish (laughs) asshole yeah (laughs) and all those scenes where he's like i'm sorry honey i've been self-centered you know it's like that's that's the understatement of the year i think you're a little more than self-centered i think you're demented is what you are right and you're a a devil worshiper (laughs) get out of my house unclean spirit yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) sorry that um yeah, that's my number six is Rosemary's Baby. So uh, we are <laughs> we are now breaking the top five. So what is your what is your number five, Dylan? My number five is The Empty Man. <gasps> I am so mad at myself that I didn't think of that. <laughs> oh my god, I love that movie so fucking much. I'm so I, glad it's on your list. Yeah, I really, really like this movie. Like, it's such an interesting movie in the sense that it's really kind of like three movies rolled into one. Yeah. Where you have this amazing uh, prologue to the movie that's really self-contained and just kind of lightly introduces you to some of the concepts. And then you get this following act that's almost like a urban legend horror movie that you would expect with, like, the group of teenagers and then following that up with the really philosophical like descent into what this cult is and what they're doing with the final act and yeah the oh my god just the reveal in it and how the movie set it up is so masterful <laughs> oh i i like i literally had like a visceral reaction when you said that i was like oh my god i love that movie because <laughs> and the reason why i watched that movie is because of chris stuckman so thank yeah. you chris stuckman that is why chris stuckman is god to me because <laughs> he like recommend and that's the other reason why i also watched um oh my gosh uh lake mungo that's another found footage type of movie i don't know if you've seen that dylan but that's i have another- that was another one that I was recommended to by Chris Stuckman and I watched it and mm-hmm. I absolutely love Lake Mungo. It is one of my favorite horror films of all time. Um, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I totally agree with you. I think the whole like prologue at the beginning of the movie. Oh my God. Masterpiece. Like that whole, mm-hmm. that whole first like 20 minutes of the movie is so good. And I mean, even the rest of the, the whole movie in itself is amazing, but I always, 
I always think about like my favorite scene in that entire movie is when he's investigating and he's like across the lake from the cult and they're running around the fire and then they stop. And so as he's backing up, they're stepping towards him and it's so (laughs) fucking creepy. And then I love how he's like, fuck this and just starts running and they just book it after. It's so scary. No, I completely agree. That's my favorite scene. Like seeing the, uh, the clip for the manifestation was already like eerily creepy. And then just escalating to that scene right after, like I got goosebumps watching that. And I, I loved his reaction to pretty much everything in this movie. Um, like when he goes into the Pontifex Institute and gets the little questionnaire at the beginning and he goes back up and he's like, yeah, what's this? <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's like, I'd and, like some answers, please. <laughs> yeah, I just I love it. Like the setup for his character. And I felt like it was a really authentic performance given like the situation. Yeah. And just the way it tied into the end and like what they're doing is just really good. Yeah, um, oh. Oh, I can't say enough good things about it. <laughs> Me either, and I cannot believe I didn't even like think of that movie. Oh my gosh! <laughs> anyway, yeah, that. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy that that's on your list because I I don't hear many people talk about that movie either. And also, like, I love the um, story behind this movie too because from what I know, I'm pretty sure like this this director the studio just basically gave him all this money and was like, yeah, go make your movie, go make whatever Mm -hmm. movie you want to make. And he made this movie and granted, maybe it would have been a little more inspirational if he made it on like a a minuscule budget. But the fact that like the studio, like whatever studio gave him all this money was so confident in the fact that he could make like in a good enough movie that they're like, yeah, just take our money, take (laughs) as much money as you want, make this movie. Like that's so inspiring to me. Like that's, and the movie that he made is a masterpiece. Like, it's a master it's like a master class like i love it i love 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 it yeah it definitely doesn't get talked about enough and i mean it's really unconventional because i mean i i can't think of another example that does that with like a prolong that long before you actually see the title of the movie and just how it is willing to like almost change genres throughout and it's just so good i loved it (laughs) and that and that whole bridge scene is terrifying when she i think you brought it up this whole summoning of the empty oh it's so scary and it's not even (laughs) like you don't even really see anything but that's like the the execution of like the director and like the the scene itself like you don't see anything but it's like so i don't know it's so scary yeah and to get I guess kind of geeky with it too. Like the score that they use at the end when it's letting you see the full playback on like the whole situation with his uh, pseudo family and like the affair. Yeah. It's just, even though you've seen clips of it throughout, it still hits with like such a big impact and it is extremely like spoilery, but just knowing at that time that it was all like conceptualized for his character just to, you know, create that weakness in him. Yeah. Kind of that, uh, you know, the emptiness, the empty man, whatever. <laughs> oh, it's so, oh, it's so good. Thank you, Dylan, for having that on your pit, like on your list, because that made me so happy. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy right now because like that movie is so good. Oh, if that movie had been on my list, it probably would have knocked my number one place down. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> if I had remembered to put it on my list, which I didn't because I'm a dumb dumb. So it's okay. It's okay, Michael. We make mistakes. It's fine. It's, it's not uh, too late to make some like last minute adjustments, you know? <laughs> no, I, I'm going to stick with my list, but just know people that I 
very, very much love The Empty Man. I have such an adoration towards this movie. I think I watched it like five times in like a week after Mm -hmm. I saw the first. I was just like, I love this movie. Um, But yeah, no, that's a great number five. What a what a way to break into our top five, Dylan. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my number five is a little more on the lighthearted side because like you kind of have to have some levity with these movies because these cult movies can t- tend to be a little um, draining on your mental health a little bit, like <laughs> with like how dark <laughs> like dark the subject matter is. And so this movie's a little more on the fun side. It's like a horror comedy, um, but it's the babysitter. Okay. I had a feeling that was going to be what you were going for. I yeah. haven't actually seen it, but I, my uh, friend, it's actually on, or it was, it was going to be on his list. Uh, he kind of talked to me about it a little bit, but oh, yeah. I, 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 I fucking love this movie so much. Uh, Samara Weaving is a star in this movie. I love Samara Weaving. Um, you don't even want to get me started on my tangent about how much I love Samara Weaving. So that's for another day. Um, <laughs> But this movie is fantastic. It was made by Mick G, who, which is so weird to me because I think I, anytime I hear the name Mick G, I think of Charlie's Angels because he directed uh, the first two, the Charlie's Angels remakes or whatever from the TV show. The one that has mm-hmm. uh, Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, and Drew Barrymore. I love those movies. They're cheesy as fuck, but I love them. Um, and that's kind of what this movie is too. It's very, it's got the Mick G flair uh, with certain like font styles like he does certain scenes like very 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 cheesy but fun i love it um and like i just love all the people in this movie like i i've never really been much of a um oh my gosh what is her name she's the redhead she was in a disney channel do you know who i'm talking about uh yes but of course when you say it i'm not going to be able to think of the name <laughs> I, know, and I, I i can't i can't believe i am blanking on her name right now um i've never been a huge fan of her um mostly because she always plays bitchy roles in movies like i just feel like she's kind of typecasted for that um but in this movie she's so funny like she's honestly kind of i think my favorite character in this movie she plays the cheerleader um okay and she is so funny in this movie like and her laugh like this is her, like her you could hear her real laugh in this movie her little <laughs> her little laugh that she does you can hear it in this movie and every time i hear it i just bur- i break out laughing because it's so funny to me um <laughs> but anyway yeah i i really love this movie i, I really recommend watching it i'm not going to spoil anything for you but it is really fun like it's okay. just such a fun movie and i feel like it really is a good movie to have on this list to kind of break up the you know the the gravity of like the heaviness of these other films so this is the one film that i put on this list that's more of a fun light-hearted take on like a cult i mean yeah. some dark shit still happens in this movie but it's it's more tongue-in-cheek it's like very fun so um, okay yeah no i have not seen it and like the higher up my list goes the more like dark and depressing it gets so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that's i think that's similar to mine as well so yeah i had to have had to have some levity here for <laughs> to get into my top four so um with that being said what is your number four Dylan? so my number four is a, a netflix original called uh, the ritual i have that movie too nice i yeah. really i i'm a massive nerd for like norse mythology and mm-hmm. even though the cult itself isn't like super involved with this movie, I love the premise and setup for it. Um, yeah. I don't know much about like the actors involved or the story behind how the movie was made, but the group, like 
even if they don't know each other at all, I really appreciated the chemistry they kind of seem to have, like this group of hikers, yeah. you know, affected by this traumatic event at the beginning, which really, really good opening to the movie. Yeah. Um, still, there's scenes throughout where it kind of ties back into that psychologically. I don't know if you remember kind of the, some of the scenes where, you know, he peeks out of the tent, but sees the aisle of the uh, liquor store. And those yes. things still give me like chills every time, especially when the guy looks over at him sitting in the tent and his eyes are kind of like reflecting back at him. Oh, I'm it's like, so oh. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. But yeah, I just, it's like, it's like Blair Witch Project meets Jaws almost. Cause you really don't see anything up until the end, but the movie doesn't relent in letting you know that something's there. Yeah. Like you don't even know Um, to spoil it for the, listeners who haven't seen it maybe skip ahead a few minutes but you have no idea that this movie is going to become a creature feature at the end mm-hmm. like this movie basically becomes cloverfield meets this cult because <laughs> it's like you see this big ass creature and the cre- the creature design is actually really cool too oh i loved it it's like i'll always put the xenomorph up at the very top but i really 100. really like um, and just having it be like a bastard offspring of Loki to appease my, you know, Norse nerd, <laughs> my Norse nerd self. I was like, oh, that is so damn cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, well, and, and the ritual is also my number four, too. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 I I just love the group chemistry. Um, you know, the guy breaks his ankle and is whining the whole time. But you get the sentiment. They're like, you know. It's not as bad as he's saying it is for sure, but he's going to bitch about it the whole time, you know, and kind (laughs) of the dialogue you get between them just really added to the authenticity for me. Well, and I think that's also kind of like what sets this film apart from other cult films, because I just feel like this film could have easily fallen into, you know, the stereotypical cult film category as some do, unfortunately. But I think what you said is perfect. I think what sets this movie apart is the relationship and the chemistry and the bond that these guys have with each other and mm-hmm. you care you really do care about all these guys so when shit really starts happening to them you're kind of like oh that fucking sucks like that hits yeah. hard um and the ending is a little bit bleak too i feel like so <laughs> it, it it does kind of suck like you're like damn that fucking bites that blows yeah. um it's like it's like it's like a midsummer like you know it's a happy ending but it's really not <laughs> mm-hmm exactly Um, sorry i was taking a drink (laughs) you're good (laughs) yeah oh that's great yeah even like um like you know with the whole event that happened at the beginning you feel that throughout because i don't remember their names but you know the one guy always has you can tell he has the uh thought process about our main character he's like you know i know what you did you could have saved his life whatever you didn't do anything and you can tell that that's kind of a a dividend between them that still exists that affects the chemistry. And it's just how they pulled it off is really just good. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's an Irish film, correct? I think so. I Maybe? think it's, I think it's Irish or Scottish. I think it's Irish though, but cause I'm pretty sure the men that are in the movie are Irish if I'm not mistaken, but I know it's a yeah, foreign one... film, but I'm um, not. F- well, I mean, yeah, they it's, American language, like in the speaking, yeah. but they're all for sure foreign themselves. Yeah. Oh, I'm not quite sure where from. It's like Sweden, Swedish, something. It's where they are. I don't know what their actual descent is, but. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought it was Irish for some reason, but I'm probably. I mean, they wrong. might be because they're just on holiday. Oh, right, so. right. Okay. 
that's just where it takes place but <laughs> imagine if it was a crossover and they just happened to stumble into the same cult that danny and her friends did <laughs> <laughs> welcome to sweden <laughs> yeah. Damn. yeah no that's a great number four um I'm glad that our number our, we we matched on one finally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if our we'll see if our top threes match. Um, I'm curious to because I I have a feeling we're gonna have two in our top three that are exactly the same. Um, but uh, yeah, so on that note, what is your number three? So my number three is actually another Netflix original, Ooh. and this one is a uh, Apostle. That movie I have not seen yet either because I've heard that it's a it's hard to watch. And I don't it know. is thematically very dark. I wouldn't say it's like as bad as the other two movies on my list, but it does get pretty uh, brutal at parts. Um, but it's just another movie where I think the cult is really uh, highlighted. You actually get a lot from them because the concept is, you know, this guy's sister was basically abducted and is being held for ransom by this cult. And so, you know, the guy's father who is very much like not emotionally attached to the family, it seems, but this brother goes out and is essentially just set to like infiltrate the cult to rescue his sister. And that alone makes the premise like really intriguing because I don't think any of the other movies on this list kind of have anything like that going where it's almost like espionage, but it's not. Yeah. And I loved the setup for that. And this is the one where I point to that example of people being the scariest thing in a horror movie, even when something supernatural is involved. Cause there is like a supernatural entity in the movie per se, like the goddess they worship on the Island without getting into spoilers, but the people are easily way above how scary that is. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. one, one guy in particular that's kind of power hungry within the cult. He's where a lot of the more darker scenes come from later on in the movie. So I, I highly recommend it, but yes, go in knowing that it's going to be a little bit of a gut punch at some parts. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I, I, I don't know. I just, I haven't mentally prepared my, cause after watching the sadness, I don't know if you've seen that movie, but after watching, yeah. the, <laughs> after watching the sadness, I, uh, I don't know if I can partake in movies like that of that nature anymore because the sadness, I'm not to get on my tangent of sadness because my listeners probably sick of hearing me talk. That movie fucking messed me up and I haven't had a movie mess me up that bad in, years uh that movie gave me nightmares for days i was traumatized <laughs> when i watched it i i just i f- f- i'm surprised i could even finish it like it was yeah. just like it just left me with this feeling where it was like if it just felt so grounded we've been talking about like how these feel like how some of these films still f- feel so grounded in reality that felt more grounded to me because it wasn't necessarily a zombie film. It was more like an airborne virus that was like making these people go crazy. And it's like, Mm -hmm. the scary thing for me is like, you don't need people going crazy from a virus. People are just that crazy in regular everyday life. So like, you know, the shit that you're seeing in this movie, people do that on a daily basis to other people. And, and so I think that's what fucked me up so much about the sadness is I just felt is felt too real for me. And I was like, no, mm mm. Yeah, no, that movie is one that I rope in with like some of the later Saw movies, which are just like being extreme for the sake of being extreme and not really having it be beneficial for the plot. Um, The good news I have for you with The Ritual is like, it's not as brutal as The Sadness in any way, but it is much more story oriented with how the events unfold. Yeah. And 
in in some ways that can make it more brutal because you actually care about the characters. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. I agree with your uh, little sadness tangent there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was rough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's why mostly I've been straying away from movies like The Apostle and stuff like that because I'm just like, I don't know if I can handle it right now. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's a great number three pick. Are you ready yeah, for my number three? Yeah. All right, so my number three is going to be Hereditary from, by Ari okay. Aster. Um, and I haven't seen it. No, you... I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm I was like, I swear, <laughs> well, I was confused because I was like, I swear he just brought this movie up a little while ago. I could be mistaken, but I was like, I swear. Anyway, I, I really love this movie. I think, you know, it doesn't start out. I mean, this is a film that you have to watch more than once to realize that, like, the entire f- uh, basically what you were saying about um uh rosemary's baby essentially like the, the this family has been in this situation that has already been orchestrated from the beginning like this cult mm-hmm. that's behind this whole thing basically orchestrates every event that happens in this movie even from you know spoiler alert to people who have not seen hereditary if you're not seen hereditary turn back now um because there is like such a shocking scene in this movie that i'm I've heard so many people talk about, I mean, this is the most talked about scene in horror history at this point. I think Um, there's the scene with Charlie where she, you know, gets decapitated on the telephone pole. And even that is orchestrated from the cult. I'm pretty sure the cult are the cult. People are the ones who put the animal on the road to begin with. So he would swerve and hit that, you know? So it's like, when you find that out, the revelation of that is like so terrifying. I think the only reason why it's not, it, it did make my top three, but I think the only reason why it's not two or one is because like this cult is, uh, it's a little underwhelming a little bit. I mean, if you, if you're terrified of naked people, that might be scary, but I, I do think they are scary, but like, I don't think they're as intimidating as like other cults on this list because they don't really, they kind of do the dirt. They don't really do much dirty work. They kind of just let the dirty work do it's yeah. for them kind of a thing, um, which is kind of cool. I like that aspect, but yeah, I think Hereditary is such a oh, such a good movie. It's so good. And like it it's I struggled with when I first watched Hereditary in the theater, I really loved it obviously. But I think I also struggled with the fact that like I wasn't sure if I liked the whole cult aspect at the end because I almost thought it was scarier that she that if Annie was just like losing her mind because of like mental health stuff. I almost yeah. felt like that was where they were going with it at first. And then it like the whole ending, like the whole last bit of the movie, like completely does like a 180. And it's like, no, this is a demon worshiping cult. And, you know, you've got people levitating in the air at the end. You've got people, uh, you got somebody freaking upside down, banging their head on a attic door. Like it does get a little ridiculous, but like, it's still scary. Like, don't get me wrong. This movie's still terrifying. Um, mm. but I think that's like, I, I was, I had mixed feelings about how I felt about the ending. I, I've come around to it now. I do love the ending of hereditary now, but yeah, that's, that's where it stays as number three for now. So we'll see if that changes, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> moving into number two, what is your number two, Dylan? So my, my number two is actually hereditary. So just oh, a little okay. higher up than your list. Perfect. Um, pretty much everything you said, although my initial viewing, like I just loved this movie from the very first time I saw it. Um, I really liked the ending and the setup for the cult. Having it be tied to the family was really unique. Like, you know, it's just the death of the 
the grandma or her mom that really sets things in the motion. And you get these tidbits throughout. It's another movie that's just masterfully escalating itself, you know, slowly giving you unease and cueing you into what's going on. Yeah. And you're, you're very correct in the way that they're not dangerously involved in the sense where some cults might be more cutthroat, but they're kind of setting things in motion. And a character I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough is Joan. Like the friend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The way that she plays a really big part just in breaking down Tony Collette's character and guiding her in the way that things need to go for things to happen. Yeah. You know, with the, the whole like possession at the end. And it's just really good. Like it's psychologically just an excellent family drama with, intense horror elements you know yeah well uh, uh, speaking on joan like i just love the switch that she has like from being like this very oh i'm so helpful and (laughs) then at the end she's like casting a demon out of or she's casting peter out of his own body you know i smell you yeah like i love the scene my favorite scene of joan is when when uh fucking annie leaves like the craft store and jones in the parking lot she's like oh annie Annie." and then annie's just kind of like okay she's like oh i'm good i'm really really good like she's just so like fucking bubbly but that's like the scary thing about is that she has like that personality where she is so easily easily manipulating annie even Mm. even like someone as Annie who is smart enough to like see through that. Like even she manipulates Annie who is not trusting at all. Like she does not trust anyone outside of her family circle. And the fact that Joan was able to infiltrate that is like saying something. Right. So yeah, like, and, and for sure, like it's not my number one just cause I feel like the Colts not as uh, present or involved. I do really like how it ties into the story, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's just really solid. Like, a24 has been the biggest like surprise to me over the last almost 10 years. I mean, the witch was like uh 2014, I think. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen The Black Coat's Daughter? I have not. I heard you guys talk about it. Yeah, that's kind of a cultyish movie too. I mean, it doesn't really have like a full cult. It's just very devil worshipy so i recommend mm-hmm. that movie as well but that's oh my god that's another really good a24 film and i love it so much um <laughs> but that yeah that's a great number two pick um so my number two is going to be a film you also talked about earlier and that's the invitation um and i oh my god i love this movie you were you you said it perfectly earlier when you said this movie is such a good um way to like set tension because the entire movie like you're seeing it from like the main guy's perspective like he he -hmm. goes into this and he's like he knows something is not right you know and i feel like that's kind of how we are as human beings like we analyze situations and we're like that doesn't seem (laughs) that doesn't seem right but you know what i'm gonna go with this because you know i'm not fully like i don't fully feel like i'm in danger yet and once he starts to realize that they're like in a really bad situation it's kind of almost too late you know um so like when shit starts really going down like he's in it now where it's like oh Mm -hmm. shit well you know i should have left three hours ago but um yeah i (laughs) really well not to mention that this was also um directed by one of my favorite freaking people in horror i mean she hasn't done too many things but it's uh was directed by karen kusama who also uh directed jennifer's body which is literally one of the best horror films ever made hands down 
fight me if you want to, but Jennifer's <laughs> body is so good. Um, Jennifer's body would be on the cult classics list if we did the cult yeah. classics list. Um, but yeah, no, Karen Kusama is a masterful director, especially in this movie. Like just the, you know, and you discussed it earlier, the ending is so powerful without being super powerful. Right. And it's like, like, it sets it up to click in your mind, even without directly telling you like what's happening. You just like, you get a glimpse at that lamp way earlier in the movie and then just getting that overhead shot. And you're like, Oh my God, this is happening. And like, yeah. And it's, and I love, I love the subtlety of that because it's like, if you didn't pay attention to that shot earlier, like if you didn't catch mm-hmm. on, you might be confused. You might be like, okay, what's the meaning of this? What, what is the, what's, what is the, what do the lights have to do with anything? So if yeah. like, it's like one of those things where it's like a very subtle setup and to a very subtle payoff. And I like that. It's like, not a super, not, not to say that my number one pick isn't great for this reason, but it doesn't have a super like, over the top ending where it's like the music is high and everything's going crazy like this. It's just very subtle. And I love, I love the simplicity of it. Yeah. It just lets it sink in. Like you as the viewer get to kind of realize what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost kind of like an, Oh shit. Yeah. It's great. I love the invitation. I think. Yeah. It it has a really unique like balancing act up until that finale too. Cause he like constantly calls things in the question, but then the movie does to work to kind of make you question yourself. Cause like there's the whole scene where he's like, where I forget the name, but the guy who was extremely late to showing up, he's like, where's so-and-so why does nobody care that he's not here? Yeah, Like he called me and all this stuff. And then he shows up of course, last minute. And they're like, dude, you're just, you're being crazy. You got to chill. And like, yeah. it does that all the way throughout. And it's like, at the point, at one point you're like, is anything bad even going to happen? Or is <laughs> it's almost yeah. like this movie, like a cult is gaslighting us as audience members as well. Right. It's like, are we being <laughs> gaslit right now? Are we like, are we, <laughs> are we being told that something's happening when nothing's happening at all? Okay. I'm confused. Yeah. I love that aspect. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have a feeling your number one is going to be my number one as well. But well. I also have the same feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, please share your number one with us. All right. So Toy Story 3. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> no, just kidding. Toy Story Although... 2 with the prospector. <laughs> Toy Story the... 3 with the bear dude. Guy, yes. Or whatever his name is. The, the bear and the prospector <laughs> should work together, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's no surprise. And for me, it's just midsummer. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Which this movie is kind of interesting because, kind of like how you said with The Witch, you weren't really sold on it on the first viewing. Um, that's how I felt with this movie. Like I wasn't yeah. a big fan the first time I watched it, but now I've, I've had a follow-up viewing as well as a viewing of the, uh, you know, the extended cut. And I appreciate it a lot more. And in terms of having the cult be present and involved, I think this is the best example though. Of hostile, I think is like close behind. Yeah. And uh, it's really good. Like just the way it sets everything up with Danny's character and her relationship um, you know, perfectly modeling what a cult does by, you know, offering you something that you don't have or don't see yourself obtaining, yeah. you know, in your current situation, but doing so in a way that like, yeah, it seems like a good thing. But by the end of it, you're like, how in the world is she willing to just 
you know, accept and live in this community given yeah. the stuff that they are willing to do. They just so, completely broke her at the end. She, she is no yeah. longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danny is going to no longer there now. So, <laughs> right. That's why I say it's like, it's like a happy, it's like a sad, happy ending. And <laughs> cause like yeah. she gets what she wants, but in the grander scheme of things, you know, she was indoctrinated. <laughs> yeah, and she, it, she's in just as much of a toxic uh, relationship than she was with Christian. Yeah. <laughs> just with this cult that's basically manipulated and gaslit her the entire movie. But yeah, right. no. And I also love how like, un- this is probably of all the cults on this list, probably the most unassuming cult at the start. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, sure you get here and they're all wearing the same thing and you're like, okay, that's a fucking cult. But like, if I was, if I was, you know, going to Sweden with my, someone that I thought was my friend and they introduced me to like this village of people that seems so friendly, I'd be like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, I'd be a little weary because I'm like, why are they all wearing the same things? Cause like I've seen way too many cult movies where I would not be like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Like there's nothing suspicious going on. I would be yeah. a little like off at first, but like, that's like the scary thing about this movie is like one, it takes place in broad daylight, the entire movie. Mm -hmm. And that's like, so unusual for like a horror film is that there are like basically no night scenes in this movie, save a couple, Mm -hmm. all the, all the intense, like terrifying stuff happens in the daytime, which is like so much more scary. And like just the fact that this cult is just so unassuming at first. And I love the little subtle context clues that we get, like that this was like, orchestrated the whole time like with getting danny here is because there's the scene when they first get into the village and they meet like one of the one of the people and he comes up and he like greets all the people and then he says um he what i can't remember exactly what he says to danny but he's like he gives danny a hug and he says welcome home or something like that he's like we've been and he says it it's almost like he's saying it to the the broad group but he says we're so happy to have you and he's looking at danny as he says that he's not looking at anybody else and like when you pick when you watch it more than once you pick up on little things like that where you're like oh like they've been planning on having her here for a while like (laughs) you know um yeah it does a really good job of making it seem like a friendly group on the surface you know but the whole purpose like when they dive into their life cycles and how they have like the, I forget what they label it as, but their venture outside of the group, you know, to go and travel. It's like they have this underlying purpose to bring people back because they know with this whole thing they're celebrating, like, yeah, they have to sacrifice outsiders. Yeah. (laughs) And they, and they only do it every what, uh, 70 or something, 80 something years. Like they only do the sacrificing thing every something years, but then they bring outsiders to like breed and stuff to like make. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm just like, that's so unlucky of Danny's group that they just came (laughs) came at the right time or I guess the wrong time, I guess, but for the cult, it was the perfect time. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Damn it. Pelly. And there's just like, there's also like, and I, I think that if I'm, if I'm being honest with you, this is probably the cult that I would probably end up being more susceptible to joining just because of like some of their philosophies. I almost like find myself agreeing with, like, I'm like, you know what? Like, yeah, I kind of agree with your whole life cycle thing. Like, why would you want to be 90 years old and having somebody change your diaper? Like, why would you want to like, you know, be too old to take care of yourself? I don't, mm-hmm. I think jumping off a cliff and killing yourself is a little, you know, bizarre and a little <laughs> over the top for, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But I do kind of like, there are certain values that they have that I'm like, you know what? I can, that's kind of actually, yeah, 
I can see that. Like, you know, and I love the whole, I think my favorite scene, my favorite scene of the entire movie is when Danny is having like her panic attack after she witnesses Christian in the orgy and all the girls are surrounding her and like crying Mm. with her. Oh my God. That scene is just, Oh, chef's kiss. It's such a beautiful scene. Like it's an intense scene, but it's also beautiful because they're all like surrounding her and supporting her and giving her that love that she's never had. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tied together really well for sure. And just the Colts, like it is kind of more based in reality. Like they do take a couple liberties with some stuff. Like, I don't know how realistic it is with like the Oracle and like having the hundreds of copies of their spiritual book or whatever volumes, I guess not copies, but yeah yeah it's 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 heavy it almost comes across like i think a lot of people initially look at this and they're like yeah it's a happy ending danny gets what she wants she escapes a toxic relationship but it's like she gets indoctrinated by this cult she like willingly sacrifices her boyfriend over someone she doesn't even know yeah <laughs> so to you be really honest, get to i'd probably do the same thing i'm sorry oh yeah no he's a garbage person yeah, for sure and the extent, like the extended because i feel like a lot of people who have only seen like the theatrical cut are like kind of christian defenders in a sense and i'm right. like granted there's both sides to this like i've i've never gone to the extent of christian but i have been christian in a sense in a relationship where you're tired of the relationship but you're also scared to get out of the relationship because you're mm-hmm. worried about how that's going to affect the other party but like i've most i mostly relate to danny 100 like i was i was getting triggered watching some of the scenes in this movie like when she's arguing with christian and he's just basically gaslighting her the whole time i was like yeah holy shit it's like ari aster wrote a page for my life and was like mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna put this in like it's the most realistic portrayal of like a toxic relationship that i think i've ever seen portrayed on screen in any other movie like right. i don't know what it is with ari aster but he is so in tune with like making things so realistic to the point where you relate to these people so much where you're watching this movie and you're like, I feel like I'm watching myself on screen right now. Like it's so crazy. Um, And another point that I wanted to bring up with this cult that I just feel like gets kind of underlooked by some people sometimes is like the scariest thing about this cult is like all their, their belief system is basically built on nothing but bullshit. Because when you get to the end scene, when they burn the temple down, the guy gives the, (laughs) you know, um, Pele's brother and the other guy like that, you know, from the Yule tree or whatever, and you're not supposed to be able to feel pain and you're not supposed mm-hmm. to be able to, but as soon as the fire hits him, he's like screaming. And like, that's when you know that this is all bullshit. Like this entire yeah. cult is just based on lies and like deceit. And I don't know if the cult themselves necessarily know that, or if that's what they truly believe in, but that's kind of like a subtle, like, I guess a subtle, um, <laughs> a hint about like cults in general, that it's just all based on bullshit. Like, yeah. So I, I love that little subtle um, moment in there where you realize you're like, oh shit, like they're basically doing the sacrifice, like the sacrifice ritual for nothing. Yeah. Like they just basically killed all these people for no reason. So, and that I, just ties back to what makes like cults interesting. It's just, they all can live their whole life around this belief system. And in the end, have it not actually pay off in the way that they think, you know, yeah. like if you want to get into the whole like afterlife thing, like what are you going to do if you spend 70 years of your life following a strict belief system and then you die and then like what you expect is not what you get, you know, <laughs> exactly. that's what's scary to me with religion. <laughs> exactly yeah it is a, it's a really scary thing um but yeah i don't know midsommar is just a perfect movie i don't find anything wrong with this movie at all mm-hmm. this movie is absolute perfection the cinematography in this movie is above and beyond anything i've probably ever seen like yeah 
oh my god there's like i love the scene when they're doing the maypole dance like i want to go to sweden just to do a maypole dance i want to be the may queen <laughs> let me be a may queen please like i would love that <laughs> sounds like a fun thing to have at a wedding <laughs> yeah oh my god i should do that huh i should do like a I should do like a Midsummerian type of like vibe where it's like everybody gets to wear their own little flower crowns and everybody gets to dance around the maypole. And then we, (laughs) you know, Uh, losers, uh, losers go stand in the barn and we'll start the fire soon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I actually all invited you here because I don't actually like any of you. Do you remember? I'm like, Priscilla, do you remember in fifth grade when you uh, pushed me down on the ground and called me a loser? Yeah. <laughs> it's all been leading up to this moment. Go stand in the barn with the others. Thank you. I'm just kidding. Here's your bear, here's your bear costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Fuck. Yeah. Just like to tie back into Danny's character. Like I really do recommend you watch the uh, extended version if you haven't, yes. or like even if you just haven't seen the movie yet, just go straight to that one because like the additional dialogue you get is really good and uh, I think it adds to Danny's progression too in the relationship because early on you see she is willing to bend entirely to like, you know, whatever Christian wants um, immediately yeah. saying everything's her fault. Even if it's like obvious, it's the opposite. Yeah. But then as the movie progresses, you get these like sprinklings of her standing up for herself um, where like stuff will come up in conversation or she, the one scene where she's like, you know, I could see you doing that. And he's yeah. just kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah. So. And I, I love the whole, like, there's like the whole, um, imagery of when Danny becomes May Queen and everybody's surrounding her and Christian's fine now the one that's alone because he's like right. like he's off from the pack and now he's mm-hmm. the one that's isolated and it's like well how does it feel Christian and like yeah. that was what I was trying to bring up with like the extended cut as well is because I feel like there's a lot of um, Christian defenders out there that are like well he's not that bad of a guy and I'm like yeah watch the extended cut he's worse <laughs> like he's he's yeah. terrible like do i think that he deserved to be burned alive no not necessarily i don't think anyone deserves that but it's like yeah. that <sighs> kind of ties know. into two tangents because like further on christian's character i love their decision to have him get that like humiliation scene where he's fleeing naked because you <laughs> yeah. always see girls thrown into that in the you know, any movie that kind of sets up that kind of situation, but to see that role reversed and to have him be the one, you know, feeling those feelings was really good. But in addition, when you say like, is being a shitty boyfriend, like a capital offense, you know, the movie does such a good job of setting you up to almost agree with the cult, like whether it's the way Christian behaves, uh, not listening to the elders and taking pictures of their sacred text, you know, the other guy just deciding to pee all over the ancestral tree. tree. (laughs) And like, none of that's a capital offense, nothing you would expect a character to die for. But the way the movie sets it up, it's like at at parts, you can kind of agree with the cult. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. And that's like this. That's kind of like the scary thing about this movie, because we were just talking about like how we felt like, um, you know, we're being gaslit the whole time or like, is this actually happening? Is it, yeah. but it's like, it almost gaslights you into being like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Kill them all. Like Danny. Yeah. Fucking reign supreme. And you're almost like smiling at the end of the movie and you're like, Oh wait, I don't know if I should be smiling. What does that say about me as a person? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it really kind of makes right. you like think certain things. And then you really have to kind of like recalibrate like your thinking mm-hmm. process. Cause you're like, I really should not be rooting for this. I really should not be yeah. like, 
almost like happy at the end of the movie, but it almost like it's almost gaslighting the audience into being like, yeah, no, this is supposed to be happy. Don't you hear the music? The music's and Danny's smiling. See, she's happy. It's like, no, no, she's that's not. What's so like, that's just what's so interesting about it, though, because um, there's only one other movie that's made me feel that way where it's like it's obviously not right or correct but the movie makes you empathize with the character which is uh joker i don't know if you've seen that one but i have not seen that one i've been i don't know why i'm like four years too late i think (laughs) (laughs) but i'll get to it i've been wanting to watch it but okay yeah that's another movie that does exactly the same thing where it's like you know he's killing people and just the way it's set up though it's like you almost feel like he's getting his moment <laughs> you know to not be stepped on or whatever we're like yeah <laughs> pop off do that very that yeah. yeah yeah i don't i don't have anything bad to say about midsummer i think it's a perfect movie and it's a masterpiece and i love it and florence Pugh is like literally like in my top three favorite actresses so mm-hmm. Her acting alone in this movie is just like she carries this fucking movie. Like everybody in this movie is great, but I mean, this Midsummer would not be Midsummer without Miss Florence. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was our that was a fun list. That was our top ten list of uh, our favorite movies that involve cults, guys. So yeah, I had such a blast with you, Dylan. This was (laughs) fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I was really excited to talk about it and, you know, getting a chance to reconnect. uh, Very nice. I'd love either for you to join us sometime or maybe do some more episodes with you. Oh, for sure. Like as soon as we get off here, I'm going to schedule another episode with you because (laughs) I had a lot of fun. Yeah, this was great. And it was uh, we don't live that far away from each other. We live like four hours away from each other. So we need a visit. An in-person visit is uh in like definitely long past due. <laughs> yeah. So for sure. We we definitely need to <laughs> we need definitely need to hang out and get together and maybe go see a movie or, you know, make a movie or make a podcast or, you know, <laughs> all that fun stuff. But yeah. Um do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you one last time before we go? Yep. Um so currently we're posting to Apple Podcasts, Spotify as well as YouTube, uh just the Nerd Switch podcast. Um, once again, we are on social media with Instagram and Twitter, uh, Twitter, just nerd switch underscore podcast, Twitter, nerd underscore underscore switch. Thank you. Random person who took the one underscore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, just, we have a lot of fun on our show. Uh, great stuff to talk about. And if you like reviews, if you're a gamer, we cover pretty much every like triple a title that comes out. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. Please check Dylan out and his amazing podcast. You guys are great. Thank you again for coming on the show. And yeah, this was just so fun, Dylan. I cannot wait to come on to yours and yours on to mine again very soon. So yes, listeners look out for Dylan. He will be on this podcast many, many, many more times. So hopefully, hopefully with uh, Jeremiah next time, hopefully he's uh, feeling better. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah, I, I hope so too. Um, <laughs> But yeah, with that being said, uh, you can find me at the We Love Horror Podcast. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. I also have a YouTube channel called Anything and Everything Horror. Uh, So check me out on those platforms. I also have a Patreon. Just search me up at the We Love Horror Podcast. I also have merch. Um, Head over to T Public, uh, We Love Horror Podcast, and you'll find all my stuff there. Or if you have Instagram, everything is in the link in my description. So check me out on all those platforms. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Go join a cult.
<laughs> yes join our cult guys <laughs> they should the, do that instead of patreon just have like a <laughs> online cult <laughs> for the low payment of one dollar you can join our exclusive cult <laughs> i'm sorry not cult organization sorry we're not a cult we're not like other cults we're worse i'm just kidding <laughs> bye guys bye guys